A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monday Motivation. Today's motivation is about overcoming cancer through movement. And I have a special guest with me today, Carolyn Brown. Carolyn is a friend of mine and she is a lit certified teacher. I met her a few years ago when I was co-teaching a yoga teacher training in Aruba with Rachel Brayton. Welcome, Carolyn. Hello. So good to be here. Hello, hello. So good to have you. So just for reference, we met and that was in 2018. Is that right? End of 2017, I think. 2017. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you were within a year of being diagnosed. Can you just talk us through how you got diagnosed? What were your symptoms? And what was the diagnosis and the prognosis? All of that. Yes. So I got diagnosed at the end of 2016 with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it's the cancer of the lymph nodes. And I actually found out because I was doing a lot of triathlons at the time and randomly putting on sunscreen, I could feel this little bump above my collarbone that was really starting to bother me. And it's just stayed there and it started getting bigger. It started catching underneath my collarbone. I was like, this isn't normal. And that's how it started. I went to the doctors. He was like, no, don't worry about it. When you get ill, when you, that your lymph nodes swell up, you'll be fine. It was an infection. Come back in eight weeks as it hasn't gone. Uh, in the back of my mind, I was like, no, something isn't right here. So about five weeks after I said, no, I'm going back. And yeah, then all the scans and biopsies started. And so what, where did they discover the can Was the cancer isolated that area or had it traveled in other areas? I had about seven tumors in different lymph nodes down my neck and into my chest. So is it in the cancer is about, it's spread in two different areas. And did they give you any idea of what causes that? And what, what was the prognosis originally? What is that like hearing this is cancer? I mean, I, I'm sure that's probably deeply embedded in your 
soul that that conversation it's it's not easy to hear actually for the first few um scans they were like it could be so many other things we're not going to talk about cancer they didn't bring it up at all i was the one worrying about it and after the biopsy that's when i was at work and my uh, surgeon called me up and told me on the phone that i had cancer so yeah that's not easy an easy conversation to have especially in a work environment not at all and 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 let's go back how old were you at the time was i 27 i mean that's in crazy crazy young that's not even in our repertoire of understanding as a 20 year old that cancer is a possibility much less hearing that on the phone how did he describe it? What causes it? Obviously, cancer, we don't know all that. But was there anything, any preliminary findings that had led to this? And what was the prognosis at that point? So what really upset me is that there was nothing like that. When you get the phone call, it's not how or what. There's no explanation they go straight into how to treat it. So the first conversation I had was about chemo. And as much as I would ask questions about, should I change how I'm living? Is it something I'm doing? Is it something I'm eating? Is it something I'm not doing? Um, my oncologist didn't talk about anything. He had no answers for me. And his always his answer was, you can research, you can take supplements, you can not take supplements, you can change your diet. you can." And he, he was like, but we need to start chemo today. So really within 24 hours, I was in the hospital. And yeah, you have to decide pretty much straight away if you're going to go on that chemo train or if you're going to take a step back. But they do, um, yeah, that's all they talk about, treatment. Yes. And how long were you on chemotherapy for? I did started chemo, I think, uh, pretty much straight away uh, when I was diagnosed, so November, and I went right through to March. And I did a first two rounds and my oncologist said it would be okay to just do two rounds. It wouldn't be too strong. By the end of the two rounds, I had another scan, which still showed some tumors. So I went for another um, terminal dose, like a really big, a strong dose for another two rounds of that. So about five months. Oh, wow. What's the difference between non-Hodgkin's and Hodgkin's lymphoma? Um. So the, um, the one I got, Hodgkin's lymphoma, is the better one to get, <laughs> as in it's, mm-hmm. it's treated better. I'm not sure exactly. I think just the non-Hodgkin's is worse. It's, it's harder to treat. Got it. A stronger it. kind of cancer, yeah. Now, when you're in this treatment, tell us a little bit about what was going on emotionally and what, how did you find that you handled it? Did you want to know everything about it in research? Did you want to go into learning all about alternative remedies? Were you just super focused on getting rid of this shit? I mean, what was your mind mindset at that point? I think my first question to my oncologist was, can I keep swimming? Because at the time I was, <laughs> I was training to go with my team to the Masters World Championships of Synchronized Swimming. And I was determined to go. That was booked for August 2017. So uh, not long after my um, diagnosis, and I was really convinced I was going to go and determined. So that was my first question. Once I started treatment, I went straight into research mode. So I started researching as much as I can about different people and different uh, research and papers, where cancer comes from, how to deal with it, what can you change, lifestyle changes, 
and pretty much started implementing a lot of changes from from then on. You get sucked. Can you down. talk a little bit? Yes. Can you talk about some of the changes that you made in lifestyle? So I went straight to look at food and what I was eating and how that affected it. I, saw, I found a lot of good research and uh, books um, that talked about that. And funnily enough, when I was in chemo, I, I didn't feel like there are certain foods that I stopped wanting, that I couldn't stomach anymore. I was really pushed away from them. And that, in, that was meat and fish. With the research on top of that, when I started digging in deep, that's when I was, then I saw that a vegan lifestyle, plant-based lifestyle would be the best. And pretty much straight away, I uh, became vegan or plant-based. Wow. So this is, there's so many pathways into veganism, but this is a dramatic one, right? That when you have cancer and there is, for those people who are wondering um, about this, there is a lot out there. And you obviously always want to look at the sources, but there's a lot of really good peer-reviewed research that has strong support for a plant-based diet really helping you fight cancer because of all these amazing nutrients that we find in plants that are just not in animal products. And you can get all the things that you would find in animal products um, like protein and iron and of course fat <laughs> in plants without all the other things that that animal products can hold that can be can be highly carcinogenic how did your family and friends first of all how did they respond to such a young person like yourself so vibrant very active athlete um getting this diagnosis did anyone obviously your family were there to support you but did you also find it was did it become hard with friends because sometimes people don't know how to handle that kind of difficult conversation. I had a little bit of everything. My family was phenomenal. My close friends were amazing too. I had a great support team around me. I had a few people who didn't know how to react and respond. I had a few neighbors neighbors avoid me when I would come out, they'd rush back into their house. Just avoiding the conversation, the awkward, how are you doing? Obviously, I'm not doing great. I had, there was a friend that we, we broke contact. It was a different, she was, she had gone through a cancer story with her father. So it was very hard for her to see me like this. So we, we uh, ended our friendship that it was, it got very hard with a, a few different people. So it is, it is a strange time when it comes to relationships. Definitely. Yes. Because I think it's very human for people to feel their own vulnerabilities or like your friend, it triggers some uh, memory of a parent who had went through it. And um, it does take a different level of strength to be able to step outside of your own kind of fears and be there, be a support system for your friend mm-hmm. like you. What was that? What was, I mean, this is probably stuff I imagine you don't think about too much, or maybe you do, but talk us through what a day is like living with cancer. I mean, what, is, what does it physically feel like to be going through chemo to be altering the way you feel, your energy level, and then of course the just the those fears of like living with this. You know, most people think of cancer as a death sentence. What was that like to live through that experience? I take everything just head on. So for me, when I got diagnosed, I was like, right, what what do I do now? 
And at the beginning, the first dose of chemo I got wasn't too severe. So I would, I would keep training. So I, I kept running. I was banned from going to swimming pools, so I couldn't train with my team anymore. Um, but that's when I started doing uh, different forms of movement. And that's when I started doing a lot of yoga. Um, so at the beginning, you, you get a dose of chemo, you, you're, you're exhausted, you're tired, you go to bed. Um, and then when I could start moving again, I'd get up and be like, right, I'm not going to get better just lying around. So I need to get up. And some days that would look like on the, on the worst chemo days, it would be, okay, I can walk to the shower. I can shower. I have to go back to bed and nap. And then some days I could walk around my garden and some days I could do a bigger walk outside. So it, it really varied. I would do gentle yoga. I would, I would do a lot of uh, mindfulness and meditation. I was really trying to stay focused on just getting better. I would, the eating became very hard because you don't want to eat anymore. But I knew that fuel, fueling my body was what going to help me. So movement and food was super important. So just trying a variety of different foods, just really trying to stay as um, close to normality as I could on the days that I could. How much do you contribute like eating, you know, changing your eating and beginning yoga and meditation and these forms of mindfulness to really being able to stay focused to, to fight this cancer to, I don't know if the word is fight, but to, you know, to heal yourself. I would contribute a big part to it. I think it mindfulness and meditation helped me a lot on those on the hard days when I couldn't move, just to stay focused and to stay calm. I could maybe walk down to I live by um, the lake, so I'd walk down to the lake and just sit there and just meditate. And that was a really big help, just to appreciate life around me and where I was at the time. And then yoga really helped just to get that movement in that I didn't require me to go anywhere or to, to exert myself too much at the time. And when I could do a little bit more, I could move a little bit faster, that yoga, I could adapt it to it. So that was good. I also, yeah, I, when I went through radiotherapy after my chemo, I, they tried this new machine on me where they put this machine in my mouth um, attached to this um, oxygen machine, which would push air into my lungs, uh, into me, basically. So they would ask me to not breathe and this machine would breathe for me. So I could not exhale at any time. So <laughs> meditation, mindfulness, meditation came in really handy there when they tell you to not breathe for 20 minutes and you just have to get this CO2 pumped into you constantly while this radio, where this um, radiotherapy machine comes around you. And just being able to concentrate and focus was yeah, life-changing for that. It just kept me super calm. And when you're stressed in this, no one's in the room because it's super dangerous and you're, you're exposed to the, the full blast of it and just staying composed, it came in, a, came in really handy. Oh, I could imagine. I, I mean, I think that your attitude has got to have had such a huge role in the ability to handle it, the ability to heal from the, obviously there are detrimental effects of chemotherapy and, and, and this radiotherapy, but I can imagine that having this, it's not a false positive, it's just a very determined state of a, this presence that these are the cards that I've been dealt. And that's what they often say is it's not about what cards you've been dealt, it's what, how you handle them. I mean, I just admire this story so much, Carolyn. And I, you're a heroine. You really are <laughs> of really saving, of saving yourself and of 
you know, I think so much um, of any kind of illness and physical challenge that that we are given, a lot of it is how we handle it is based on, or how we succeed in handling is really based on our attitude. Yes. I'm yeah. sure there were days where you must have had a few pity parties in there where you really must have felt down in the dumps. Did you let yourself get to that place and then just kind of pick up, pick yourself up? I don't think I, I think I cried once. <laughs> um, and that's when I got the, the diagnosis. Um, maybe a few days it was, it was rough when I got a bit sick. I got some fever. That's not great when you're, when you've got a very low immune system, but I was very determined to, yeah, that's my cards. These are, that's what I'm dealt now. How can I live the best life that I can? So I had rules. I, <laughs> When I went to my chemo sessions, I would book private pods, little rooms, and I would make sure family and friends would always be there. And I knew that um, that's what I that's what I would remember, and it is now what I remember. When the when my friends came and we would play music, play games, just chat, and my family came and my yeah, all members of my family came and saw me, and just talking to people, and you can't do anything else but talk. And I would say, well. When I'm zoning in and out of consciousness, please just keep having a good time. So I called them my chemo parties. Um, because <sighs> that's what I'm going to remember. And um, I remember this. Um, I was probably the youngest in, in the hospital where I was getting my treatment. And this one man came up to me one day and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, this is happening to you. Life sucks. It's really unfair. And I, um, and I just remember thinking, I was like, well, I'm actually having a really good time with my friends in the chemo pod over there. And um, um, I'm feeling great. Like, okay, it's not the best situation, but I'm trying to make the best out of it. And I'm really sorry it's happening to you, but to the, to the person I was talking to. But I was like, well, if you want to join us, you can come. But it's, and yeah, that's what I remember now. And just having, I had a, such a specific goal to really go to the world championships, regardless of everything that was happening. And that's why I kept moving. and. Um, I was determined. I had a goal to get to these world championships and I just had to keep moving and just doing everything I could to achieve that. And did you get there? Yes. That was th oh my goodness. three months after my last radiotherapy treatment. I was at the Masters World Championships um, with my team. When I, when I started training again, when the, my oncologist let me go back into the pool, I pretty much sank to the bottom. I had no strength. I couldn't, I couldn't stay up. I had just no energy for so for the first two training sessions, I had floaters around me. And <sighs> um, obviously, all the treatment really affected my uh, my lung capacity and my breathing wasn't great. And if you, you've seen a bit of synchronized swimming, we spend a lot of time upside down. But um, that's why I just kept going and I kept doing the yoga and I kept doing the breathing and I, I, I was running and uh, when I could. So sometimes it was just a walk, but sometimes I, I, I ran. And yeah, three months after my... Um, Last treatment, we went to Budapest for the Masters World Championships and we actually came back with two medals. So that was fun. Um, wow. Oh my gosh, Carolyn, that's amazing. So movement really, even though I, I'm sure looking back, that must that's such a humbling feeling to have those moments where you were like barely able to float. But then you go within three months from that or even less and you get come back with medals. I mean, that truly... Sounds like movement was a huge source of your recovery. Definitely. It was 100%. And it wasn't easy because when um, with the veganism as well and, the, and the, a lot of movement, 
my oncologist and my nurses are like, are you sure you're okay? Are you doing a lot? And um, you don't want to pull back a little bit. And he was quite asking me a lot about my food and what I was eating. And I was like, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fine. I don't push it too much. I, um, I listen to my body and I feel so much better when I can move. And you just lie in your bed all day. And there were some days where I couldn't get up. And so there are some days, but those days were, I felt so bad afterwards and fresh air and just movement. So important to me. Mm-hmm. It is. And do you feel like in a way, uh, I mean, I, I mean, this is kind of a dumb question because of course the answer is yes, but I'd love you to elaborate. I mean, having had that experience, do you feel like your practice with movement now, whether it's yoga or running or swimming or doing all your wonderful um, wave wave type things that you do on the water and also just getting out in fresh air. Does it, do you still have this sense of extra appreciation for it? Oh, definitely. I love it. Um, if there are days that I don't mean I move, I don't feel good at all. I just really try and take um, every opportunity to try something new to move. I go and do my winter swims at the moment out in the lake and it's cold. Oh my gosh. How <laughs> cold is that? I know we're on different, you you do Celsius, I do Fahrenheit, but how cold is that water? <laughs> it, it is cold. It is, it is, yeah, yesterday I went and it was, there was packs of snow all around me. So it's definitely Oh my colder. goodness. Oh my, but, bless your heart. Oh my, that makes me chill up. Uh, but I should try it sometime. Yes. I bet it, but yes, it's probably like everything has a heightened sense of appreciation, I imagine. Definitely. And that's why I went and did my yoga teacher training straight after. I w- it was during radiotherapy that um, Rachel opened up her first teacher training. And I jumped on that straight away. I was like, this is perfect timing. I'm ending my treatment. I will be able to go. It's what I need. And that's when I met you. And then I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell in love with um, the LIT method and just understanding how movement and how everything I, I struggled with when I sank down, when I went into my first training, I was like, but why? Like I've been doing other things when I, I had, um, yeah, knee pains when I was running and different things. And I just wanted to learn more about, and then, yeah, the love of movement continued. It certainly did. And it sounds, I mean, you're pretty much doing this as a full-time job now, right? Yeah. Full-time job. <laughs> so you could say in a way your cancer might've even been the the invitation to go into this path that is truly so fulfilling, I can tell. Yeah. Just of how lit up you are. So can you talk a little bit about how um, how you made that decision to go into teaching full-time and, and what does that look like? So I, I knew I needed to go to that first teacher training. I was working in an office before. I'd always worked in sports. I was a synchronized coach at the, uh, right at the start. I was working in an office as a sports delegate. So I was always working within sports. And then I went to the teacher training and I, I did it for myself. And then I, I went off to travel for a little bit. And then while I was traveling, I um, saw that I could exchange teaching yoga for staying somewhere or exchange it for food. So I started doing that and I really started to love it. And a three-month trip ended up in a two-year uh, travel mm. and with a backpack teaching yoga and um, yeah, exchanging yoga for, for different things and working as a yoga teacher in Australia. And, and yeah, that's how it started. And when I, I, I live in Switzerland, so uh, I came back to Switzerland about a year and a half ago and uh, I knew this is what I wanted to keep doing. It just makes me so happy. It lights me up when I wake up in the morning. I just, I love doing what I do. I love it. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so 
you wanted to, after traveling, you wanted to settle where you're from. I'm assuming your family is very nearby. Yes. So uh, my, my family is actually from the, uh, well, English. So my parents are both British. So my, the, my extended family lives in the UK. But uh, my parents and my sister live in Switzerland when I was brought up here. So this is where I have all my friends. And so, yeah, I wanted to come back when I, I, when I was in Australia and some of my friends started to get pregnant and have weddings and I was missing my cousin, had her first baby and I was starting to missing a lot of things. I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to come back now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, I love looking at all of your videos and pictures, the beautiful surroundings. Tell us, tell me about what you want to do in the next five years. Do you have any goals and do you actually have any desire to do any kind of specific teaching or training or educating for survivors for not only movement, but for um, nutrition? Is that even in something in the realm of what you would want to do having, having seen what it did for you? So, um, I think about it a lot and, um, I haven't gone down that road yet. When I, I did, when I did do some um, educa- further education on uh, nutrition, just so I could feed myself properly as a vegan, so I, def- I went and I did some qualifications for that. Definitely something I'd be interested in. Right now, um, I teach yoga for athletes, so that's what I really focus on, and that's what I love doing. I just love being around that at movement. We do talk a bit about food, but for, for now, that's what I do. If um, anyone asks me and I've had other people go through cancer that I've been happy to um, share, yeah, just share and listen and see what they're going through. And who knows, maybe in the future, I do, um, I do help in some way, but uh, it's tricky. I think it was a little bit early at the beginning to stay in that environment. Um, it's not easy. Um, it's not an easy thing to be around people that are sick all the time. Um, I can imagine. I can, and just because you've gone through it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's something you want to in, invest a lot of your time in, in teaching. It's an experience and your own challenge that you overcame, but you don't have to make a job out of it. That's for sure. I mean, I think clearly your passion is with athletes. That's mm-hmm. been a huge part of your upbringing. And so that totally makes sense with the yoga for athletes. So where can people find you and learn from you? And by the way, you you teach both in English and in French. I do. Is that correct? Yes. Most of my classes are both said in English and in French simultaneously. It gets my brain going a little bit. But it, Amazing. So I on my website, it's um, Passport to Balance. And uh, so yeah, PassportToBalance.com. And on Instagram, it's Passport underscore two underscore balance. And by the way, how did you come up with that moniker? <laughs> passport to balance. When I was traveling, I just, that was the passport bit. I just love traveling, exploring new things. I learned so much while traveling about different, um, so many different things of life and just different people with different stories. I just thought it was amazing. And then finding that balance to, to do what you want to do, but work hard to get it, find, yeah, just the balance in everything in life and just, it's a journey. So that's what it was. It, it was is a journey of life and balance. So passport to balance, that's where that came from. I love it. As we close, I'd love to have you just mention what is your favorite thing about lit yoga and how would you best describe how movement feels for you in every way? Um, lit yoga, I just love it. Um, 
that is all I teach is lip yoga. And I love doing all your classes. It's just that anatomy. I just love understanding why we are moving this way, why this feels good, why that feels bad. Um, and just because I went through synchronized swimming is a lot with your knees, rotating your knees. And I had such pain and I was like, I was like just, okay, I'll never deal with that. I'll just have pain forever. And since I'm, I do lift with you, I've had no pain at all. And that's when I was like, right, I don't have to live in pain anymore. I can understand what is happening in my body. I can try and move correctly. And that's what sparked yeah, my joy, just of understanding the movement. Yes, understanding the why. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And how does movement make you feel? You kind of just described it, but... On fire. It gives me so much energy, so much joy. And even on those mornings where I get up and you have to move and it's a little bit, oh, it's a bit early, it's dark, it's cold. Within five minutes, my fire is lit and I just big smile. And it just starts me off. It, it yeah, motivates me, energizes me. Well, I love that. I love um, sharing this with you. Thank you for, so much for sharing your story. Clearly, movement is life and movement really in many ways, uh, helped you in this very huge challenge of your life with cancer. And I'm just so grateful to have you here, well, healthy, moving, lit up, and just in our Lit Fam. I'm, I'm very grateful for you. Thank you for coming today, Caroline. Thank you, Lara, for everything and for just teaching me all I know. It's just it's changed my life. Uh, well, lots of love to you. Lots of love, Lara. And to all of you out there, as always, I'm pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.